This is a Sports Fusion podcast production. SF is a comprehensive sports show that is built for the regular everyday fan. I focus on the NFL, NBA, MLB, and throw in some NHL. My NFL fantasy football tips are on point. Predictions, tips, picks, and barbershop banter. I am Jay Rich, and this is Sports Fusion. Turn this up, bro. In the West, the young teams settle at the top, creating potential playoff matchups revised from projections created off the hop. In the East, Porzingis is healthy, so no changes there. The Bucks have Doc, and no one really cares. The Knicks and Cavs create the only two surprises available with an Eastern Conference pair. All that's next right here on Sports Fusion NBA. Let's go. To think that OKC and the T-Wolves could be punching down at the Nuggets, Clippers, Suns, and Warriors shows the young stars have arrived, while the deep fake Sixers, Heat, and Mavs projections show their hope was contrived. We visit D1 Hoops for another bad class for next year's draft. I'll give you North America's not-so-sexy top five class. All that's next right here on NBA Sports Fusion. Let's go. Is the NBA Western Conference deeper than it's ever been? When teams come up from being mid-league teams or even bottom dwellers like the T-Wolves and OKC and they jump to the top of the conference, the dominoes fall. So we've got the T-Wolves and the Thunder obviously at the top there in the Western Conference. Then you got the defending NBA champions. Now the Clippers are actually healthy. And that's pretty much an all-star team when you put together the power four they have there. Oh, remember Zion? He's never played a full, healthy season. And essentially, this is kind of his first season where he could actually have an impact on a playoff series. Well, they're sitting at six. The Suns, who picked up Beal to add to Booker, arguably the best young player in the league, and a Hall of Famer in Kevin Durant, they sit at six. And five between them and the Pelicans who go back and forth depending on who's playing who and who wins that night. The Kings were an upstart team last year with Fox finally evolving. And of course, the bonus being one of the best bigs in the league. They're sitting at seven. The Mavs have arguably the best player in the league in Doncic. And they're kind of on the inside still looking out because the Warriors are getting their rhythm together. The four-time champion is sitting in the ninth seed, and the Lakers have maybe arguably the top, one of the top two players of all time, LeBron James, and they are definitely in big danger of even making a game uh, uh, in the play-in scenario. And so really in the top 10, you would think that, you know, the T-Wolves could finish eighth or the Thunder seventh, and they'd be facing the Nuggets or the Clippers or the Suns, but essentially we have the total reverse as the young stars start to take over, and we could really see the Nuggets in a second round have a road game. It's just crazy. The Western Conference has never been stronger, and the East is in big trouble. Let's go. Sticking with that Western Conference, don't look now, but here comes the Golden State Warriors 
who feel like they still have enough in the tank, and that's why they didn't rip it down or tear it down. The Warriors are going to be a problem in that first round if they're able to keep up this hot streak. That hot streak is presently at 13-3 and in the last 16 games. Draymond Green has come back. He is the fabric of the defensive side of the ball. Klay Thompson has moved to the bench, so that was huge. And Steve Kerr gets a three-year extension, putting this multi-championship roster back on the floor. Against the Knicks last week, you could see the intelligence of Kerr and that coaching staff as they were able to take a New York depleted roster and completely dominate them from the tip with doubles with Brunson sliding the flare screens and sliding the flop screens and essentially making somebody else beat them but Brunson and that didn't happen so you know the coaching is there Kaminga's in his third year and has really evolved and essentially they've kind of been doing this for the last week without Wiggins so their wings are kind of in place Kaminga's really a lean guy that can play four as well so when Wiggins comes back that top five is going to be crazy Thompson's shooting 45% since going to the bench, and him and Chris Paul are the backcourt there, which is pretty much two Hall of Famers. 37% for threes from Chris Paul, and really, as you watch him try to lead teams on his own with not much behind him, you figured Chris Paul would never go another season being healthy. Behind Steph Curry, I think we could all see it. So essentially, Chris Paul's in the best-case scenario for his career. And wouldn't that be crazy if, you know, they finish 7th or 8th and they have OKC in the first round or the T-Wolves in the first round? Going to be a tough out. Now, if they can jump up to 6 or 5, essentially 5 is probably as high as they can go with how much they buried themselves with a bad start. They could see a first-round pick or a first-round matchup against the defending champion Nuggets. So, essentially, the West is just wild. I feel that NBA champion is coming out of the West. I mean, Boston's good, but the whole thing is going to rely on Porzingis and his health. He's never done that. And essentially, the outside shooting can be a little susceptible for the Celtics. The champion's coming out of the Western Conference this year, and I've never quite seen anything like it. The stretch run is going to be fun. right around the corner as opposed to kind of sliding that into my NBA show I just like to show the relevance of what's going on in the mock drafts of the NBA for the upcoming offseason has D1 hoops lost its shine well we all can agree that March Madness is still the single most exciting event and it certainly isn't about superstars but they certainly have made it that way as in the projection this year, the top five NBA guys going to be drafted into the NBA are not coming from D1 basketball. And I'm not going to concentrate on that for that reason. Because I'm pretty sure you haven't watched France play this year. I'm also pretty sure that you're not real up to date on the G League. And that's where the top five are coming from. So who's the first overall pick coming from D1 College American Basketball? Cody Williams. Do you know what school he's coming from? Colorado. 
not exactly a powerhouse league and or basketball program as Colorado has been more known for its football over the years. Chauncey Billups does come to mind. Cody Williams is a 6'8", 190-pound, 19-year-old. I think he kind of compares to Jade McDaniels. He's a elite wing defender with extremely long arms. Could probably play the 2, 3, and 4 on the defensive side. He's mostly a transition scorer. Not great in half court. A little slow to his left from what I've seen. And has a hard time finishing at the rim on his left. And this is the number one North American prospect in the whole country. I could see him kind of like an Anthony Black from Arkansas last year. And essentially, you know, Black slid all the way down to, I believe, 9th, 10th, or 11th, somewhere in there. I haven't looked at it in a minute. So Colorado is going to provide us with the best available talent coming out of North America this year. Rob Dilling Dillingham from Kentucky is a 6'3", non-athletic, 176-pound point guard. Essentially plays a little two at college as well. Kind of a Lou Williams-type score. He's an NBA shooter now, uh, but not much on the ball as he is a more of a stand-up shooter. He can create his own space. He does have elite handles. And essentially, he has a little bit of a small frame to have to guard anybody two or three. So he's going to be a point guard. Essentially, he's not real athletic, so that'll be interesting to see. Reed Shepard is another Kentucky kid, a shooting guard at 6'3", 187. Well, most, most two guards these days in the NBA are 6'5 and up. He is a tweener be in the backcourt there, kind of like a quickly who also went to Kentucky and will have to work on his handles to be a one, and he's certainly not big enough to be a two. I could see him sliding in the draft as well. He's a dead aim, spot-up shooter, could certainly get his own off the dribble, but he's certainly going to have a hard time defending anybody like Doncic at the point. Jacoby Walter is probably the most athletic prototype in the top five of my mock draft here from D1 Basketball. He plays for Baylor, an excellent program. Most athletic two-guard maybe in the draft at 6'5", 195. He'll have to work on his shooting. He's a little bit of a slasher, elite defender, and could rise up to that sixth spot, as I have pointed out the deficiencies of the other guys that are mocked out there. To find your first 3 and D prospect in the D1 League, You'll have to go all the way to number eight or nine in the mock draft and to the Big Ten, which in the past hasn't been the most athletic conference in the world. He'll have to work on a shot. He's 6'7", 225. He's good in open floor transition. He's an off-the-ball slash, on-the-ball slasher. And I think he kind of compares to Kelly Oubre. And that rounds out our top five as far as the NBA mock draft from D1 Basketball. I will do a little bit of a March Madness show coming up soon here as we get closer. But at the end of it, you can see it is going to be a European and a G League draft this year. Top heavy in the top five. Let's go. Guys to look for here late in the season. I guess we can consider it now as we get ready to roll into the meat of March. And in the Western Conference, that's going to be an important important March, which is great for the NBA, actually, because 
more so when there's a top four teams. Everybody is all just kind of trying to get into the playoffs to lose in the first round in five. So it's going to be a very different Western Conference this year. Bradley Beal was given the bag by Phoenix or had his bag picked up by Phoenix. And essentially he's supposed to be that third wheel for Durant and Booker that hasn't worked out. He's only played 30 games. So he has the ability to push them over the top. Garland's only played 35 games for Cleveland, but they're winning without him because of the super hyper-athletic front court and, of course, Mitchell being a top-five player in the league. OG Ananobli was damaged goods when the Knicks picked him up. They picked him up anyways, and it'll be for this stretch run. And when they picked up OG, they got rid of inconsistent shooting from RJ, who's really just not a stand-up shooter in the corner, but OG is. Sticking on the perimeter defense, though, and some interesting facts. They were last in perimeter defense before OG got there. When OG got there, he was a part of a 14-2 run. They had the best perimeter defense, and since he went down for his surgery, they have become the worst perimeter defender team in the league once again. So OG and Anobly will have a chance to make a real push this kid is going to get the bag in New York because of that defense and his very accurate, efficient shooting from the corner. And he is the modern six foot seven with super long arms, great perimeter defender that can get his in the middle of a uh, an offense that doesn't rely solely on him. What's happened in Middleton in Milwaukee? We'll talk a little bit about Milwaukee in a second, but essentially he hasn't had his shot go down since they won a ring. He is that third wheel. And now that uh, Dame is there and somewhat comfortable. And, of course, the Greek freak needs another third wheel to get things rolling there. The Heat picked up Rozier, as he always got his every night on a bad team. But, essentially, he is now in the middle of a system. And if he could turn it around, and essentially if any program could turn a guy around with that much talent, it could be the Heat. The Heat could really make a push and surprise people in a very weak Eastern Conference. In our Don't Look Now segment, obviously, Wembayama has been able to stay healthy. There's going to be a window there for San Antonio, and you feel if he can stay healthy through the end of the season, he'll be the rookie of the year. They'll also have a top three pick, which is coming from overseas or from the Ignite in the G League. And essentially, they're probably going to have a lot of cap room as well. I really like uh, Vassell there from Florida State as well as a modern wing. So maybe next year they start to spend some money. We'll talk about that free agent list on the next NBA show. The Lakers are cooked. They did what they could to put some things around LeBron. But at the end of it, Davis just doesn't have that mental makeup. And at the end of that, you would figure that Davis's career has been a little bit of a disappointment. And against Denver at home, when he had a chance to go reestablish himself uh, healthy, Jokic went off. Murray looked like the hungrier guy out on the floor. LeBron didn't touch the ball in the last four minutes for a straight minute and a half. And essentially, the Lakers are cooked in a very strong Western Conference. Congratulations to LeBron, though, for his 40K points. He doesn't really identify scoring as his number one priority, but just a real 
show of professionalism and longevity as probably the most successful player for the longest time in the NBA who has done a great job getting the NBA on its feet after the Jordan era retired. Congratulations to him. That's going to do it for another Sports Fusion here today. Go to Sports Fusion Podcast on Facebook. Like and share there. I am going to be back with an NBA show in another 10 days. Talk about the stretch run. And obviously my next show will be the NHL. Thanks for checking us out. www.jrichsportsfusion.com We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the stretch run in the NBA.